you're listening to i mean can we discuss and i am your host astrid ferguson we will be discussing different issues that can be debated articulated chopped up any kind of way there's no real set way to this it could be culturally it could be socially it could just be how we're feeling today so You're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Computer. All right. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to season two, episode 21, I believe, that we're on. Um, and today I have the lovely pleasure of interviewing Shermira Fleming. Hi, Shermira. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course, always. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can talk about how we met. <laughs> Um, well, uh, I am a uh, romance author and um, also do little motivational um, type uh, uh, motivational teas and things like that, um, merchandise or whatnot. Um, my, my brand is uh, Creative Calfrey, which I do all that stuff under. I self-publish under that name, um, under that business name. and. Um, also have my my brand merchandise on that that name and so um yeah um creative cafe is basically my creative haven for allowing me to express myself whether it's through my writing which is um the reason why i started it and um also for me to express myself through other creative outlets that i like to do such as the motivational uh t-shirts and um also uh makeup artistry and um in addition to that uh doing like creative uh writing workshops which i've done in the, in the past and so it's just um a way for me to continue to express myself and also motivate aspire and inspire at least one individual more along the way so that's kind of what i stand for what i'm trying to do and and whatnot Okay. So a lot of inspirational, a lot of, you know, trying to, especially right now during these times, I think that's what we need most is inspiration. Right. Um, So what made you want to start writing, especially romance novels? Um, I've always been a writer. I've always written like poetry um, growing up like in high school and stuff. And so, especially when I had crushes, I always wrote about my crushes and Mm -hmm. I have like tons of notebooks of, you know, things that I've written over the years. And um, I kind of wanted to write a a book. I just didn't know when it would happen. (laughs) And after I got married, um, I think it was around 2015, I started messing around, like writing a story about a couple and I kind of based it on a little bit on my husband and I's relationship early on and I put it down because I was like oh my gosh 
just get a little too close to home. So I kind of put that down. And then um, um, shortly after uh, Prince's death is when I started writing The Violet Rose, which was my first romance novel. And I kind of, um, it was my way of paying tribute to him because I used the two characters to base my characters around him. So they were kind of like the female male versions of him. One was passionate and they're both passionate people about their talent. She was a dancer, he's a, a musician, but I wanted to play off some of the things that we knew about Prince and also tie in all these different uh, uh, tributes to him. Um, if people who are Prince fans will see I call them the purple charms um, throughout mm -hmm. the book. And there are different references to him that um, allowed me to be able to not only, you know, uh, pay tribute, tribute to him, but also get over or get through his loss because I was a huge Prince fan. So okay. that's kind of how I got into writing my novels with that book. Okay. Of course, my little one has to come in here when I am okay. trying to work. <laughs> I even went upstairs to avoid him and still. He fell by me. <laughs> he's fine. He's going to have to stay at this point. <laughs> he just refuses, refuses to let me work. Um, but yes, and you guys are probably listening to this, but unfortunately with quarantine, everyone, yes, everyone has been practicing showing up imperfectly because, I mean, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing you can do. Don't let the baby in. No, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I always find it interesting when, um, like what drives people to write about mm -hmm. romance novels because that's that's actually not a preference of mine mm -hmm. but you know I love love mm -hmm. so um okay. I'm always interested in finding that out yeah. so what made you come up with um your business where it's it's you pick the purple colors and <laughs> <laughs> Calvary, like, tell us more about it. So, uh, Creative Calvary, um, purple is also one of my favorite colors, purple and red. And um, when I started it, like I said, a lot at that time, I was writing my book, and there was, you know, I feel like the color purple, well, I know the color purple is uh, signifies creativity, it is uh, signifies. Uh, um, inspiration. It just had a lot of meaning behind that color. And so that was one of the reasons why I chose it. Also, uh, um, with the name Creative Calvary, of course, as I mentioned before, it, it speaks to, you know, how I like to express myself. Oh, he's so adorable. It uh, speaks to how I like to uh, express myself creatively. So I felt like it, it, it needed to be in the name. And then I wanted something unique for the Calfrey piece. 
I had never heard of that word. And that name, that word, Calfaray, is it it means purple flower. It is a Native American word that is typically used for a little girl. And so I thought it was befitting to put those two together. Now, when I first started, you know, speaking it, I said, this sounds weird. I know a lot of people will probably think, what in the world is this? And, uh, but the more I, I said it, the more I said it, 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 it had this, this feeling and I wanted to have, I wanted it to have this vibe. It's so funny. I have a friend for the longest time. She couldn't say Calfaray to say her life. And she would say, she would call it creative cauliflower. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I just felt like, um, you know, whenever I do anything, anything that I do is very intentional. Um, there's always some sort of meaning behind what I do from, um, like even my gift bags when I do like uh, when I did my lunch everything in my gift bags had a specific meaning to why I chose and put those things in there and so um, I don't want to whenever I do anything under this brand I don't want to do anything that doesn't speak to what the brand is or what the purpose and mission of my, my business because um, if it doesn't speak to it then I don't do it so mm -hmm. That's why, um, you know, it's intentional. Like it has multiple purposes if it's layered. <laughs> so, yeah. It's good. I mean, you, you are very brand focused, yeah. you know? So yeah, it's good. So how long have you been writing? Ooh, I've been writing since I was at least 15, at least in high school, I would say. Um, yeah, a lot of, I have notebooks to go back that far. Some of them still at home at my parents' house in North Carolina. But yeah, I've been writing since high school. I mean, like I said, when I was crushing, I would always write a, a something about a crush. Or if I was, if I had, if I was sitting outside and it was a beautiful day, maybe a breeze might come through. I might write about that breeze or what I was feeling at that time. So but yeah, I've been writing a long time. And part of the reason why I write is because I had a grandmother that was very, she had a way with words. Um, she didn't necessarily write everything down, but she could, she had this little, she would always just come up with things on the fly. Like, for instance, there's a, a little saying that she used to do. Um, if she saw a red bird and she'll say, hey, that red bird sitting on that fence. Ain't you got a bit of sense? I'll dress up here on Sunday and them clothes you had. I'll dress up here on Monday and them clothes you had on Sunday. Better take them off while you tied them. Then you wish you hadn't wear them. You see mama about them, 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 them britches. I mean, no switches. She gonna beat you about them britches. Better take them off before you tied them. Then you wish you hadn't wear them. And so there's little things like that that she used to do when I was growing up that allowed me to connect with her. And so, um, I just carried that on. And when she passed away in 2010, um, I vowed that if I ever had an opportunity to write, like seriously get, I mean, really get serious about my writing and publish something, I would do it as a, as my way of, you know, a tribute to her as well. So when I dedicated my first book, I dedicated it to my mom, to her, um, my best friend and Prince. And so, yeah, like I, 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 feel like that's part of my legacy even though she was more because she was 
you know, the daughter of a of a sharecropper. So it was like this 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 legacy, this oral oral legacy that I'm like keeping alive by through my my own writings. So. Mm-hmm. so and that I mean that's beautiful, especially dedicating that to your family. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm I'm talking. <laughs> it sounds like you know, you um you've had a good starting point for your writing. Yeah. Um, which is beautiful to to hear. Thank so you. when you decided to publish a book, did you try like putting your work out there for other people or how did you go about the publishing side of it? It's interesting because um, when I was getting ready to move from Boston to uh, Maryland, um, I knew that I would, like I knew it was going to be difficult to find a job right away. So I talked, my husband and I talked and I, I was like, you know, I really would like to pursue my writing. And so he was very supportive in me starting Creative Cavalry and then also publishing and self-publishing my work. And it was interesting, shortly, right before I got ready to leave, one of my coworkers, uh, I used to work for Blue Cross Blue Shield, Massachusetts. One of my coworkers there had um, told me about a friend of hers who had a daughter that self-published her own romance novel using this this um this program called the self-publishing formula by mark dawson and uh mark dawson is a uh he's a a best-selling novelist that writes uh i think he writes uh suspense kind of suspense uh he's kind of like a a a james patterson kind of guy a writer and so he's put together this huge um these really great uh, tools and resources around for self-publishing authors to that teaches you and shows you how to go about it. And I enrolled in his uh, program, the Self-Publishing Formula 101 in 2018. And it's kind of self-guided, but I went through that program and did the steps of creating, you know, the first, the, the first, um, one of the first things that he teaches you is to treat your, your writing as if it's a business. And that spoke to me because my foundation is in business. Partly it's, it's, I do a lot of things, but I do have an MBA. So that spoke to me. And so um, when I started getting, when I got started, I watched these videos and did everything that he said that we should do. I should do as a self-publishing author from creating my website, creating, um, going and creating a, an account in Amazon and setting up, you know, using Kindlepreneur to use keywords to try to target for, target your book to certain, to your, your, your reading audience. So all of these things that he has in this platform and you can come back and use it anytime as you, once you buy it, it's yours. So I have access to it at any time within my you know publishing process and so i got started there and i've only i really only used that and then i would go to various places like youtube and all different types of other resources that i've stumbled upon and incorporated those things into what i do 
you know, what works, I would use it. If it didn't work, I pivot and use something else. So, but I got what started me on the path was the self-publishing formula 101 by Mark Dawson. I highly recommend it for any new uh, writers that are, that are, that is looking for a solid resources to, um, to get you started and they support you. Like you can reach out to them, the whole team and they, they're all authors. And so I think it's a really great resource because it's a lot of things that you can get online that isn't really helpful and waste a lot of money. And I feel like that was probably the best $400 that I spent <laughs> early on to get started. That's good. So they just provide you with all the resources that you need to self-publish. Yeah. It's not like they, do they help you self-publish? Like, do they get you? No, they don't help you. They don't necessarily help you self-publish. Like they tell you, okay, so module one will tell you about, um, you know, uh, how, who to reach out. They'll give you re like, like say for instance, you're in the editing process, that whole module, that first module might be about editing who to reach out to, they give you a huge list, like he has this booklet that tells you all the different people that you can reach out, reach out to, that they recommend that maybe they've used or other authors that have used the program that recommend editors, uh, copy, copywriters, people who have, um, that do book covers, um, uh, anything that you possibly would need to publish your book, self-publish your book, they will get, they have a huge resource of, or a list of, uh, of, of websites and people that they recommend based on price and based on how well or the quality of work that these people do. And, um, like I've used the, um, from their editing service, there's, there's an editor that I use that I got from that that list and my um the person that does the the people that do the formatting for my books came from that list you know even the people that the person that does my cover the first cover that book cover that i that i did for the violet rose i did but since then the last two covers that i have right now on my books have come from that list so they don't tell you what to do. They just guide you and give you, hey, this is what you can do. This is what we've done. This worked for us. You can use it. And great, if you have success with it, let us know, because that way we can share with our, you know, our um, followers, because it's a ton of people, a ton of um, authors that have used those, those platforms and have seen great success. That's good. That's good. So it's not like they're like a vanity publisher because there's a lot of places where you pay thousands of dollars and they basically help you self-publish. They're not really like, like a publisher. Right. Um, which I think a lot of people don't, don't know the difference. Right. So how did you, um, I guess first tell us about your books, like the characters in your books and how you came up with your story or if you have any kind of structure that you follow to build your stories sure um the first book the violet rose i had i had this idea like i said i kind of did that book as a tribute to prince and had this idea about these two people um Violet, which was a girl, uh, which is a dancer, and then Nate, which is a musician. 
and I kind of built them both um, kind of like her, the androgynous side of him for her. And then because, you know, they always talked about him having that feminine quality. So kind of used that to play off of that for her. But um, him, I wanted him to be like the physical manifestation of him. So when I think of what Nate looks like, I think of Prince from the Graffiti Bridge era. That's that visual that I had. And so I kind of just went from there. And um, that story, that story was, has a lot of different, um, I feel like a lot of different themes, like about living your passion. They both were in relationships with people that didn't really respect the fact that they were passionate about their talents and they were wanting to pursue what their, 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 their talent seriously and they ended up meeting each other but um, I think the overall theme of that story just speaks to going after your dreams and 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 not being afraid to you know lead the people behind the certain people behind that don't really support that vision but when you do find but don't be so don't think that um, you can't find someone that will love you for whatever vision that you have for your your life and whatever passion that you have because it it can be found and they found it in each other um so i mean i kind of tackle try to tackle really serious issues in these books i try to incorporate stuff that people that i feel like people are going through in these books um for instance um in this story, um, talk, uh, there's a part in there with, that has to do with um, domestic abuse. She's dealing with someone that is abusive, verbally abusive and um, physically abusive. Um, also dealing with uh, losing uh, someone that you love to cancer. Um, so dealing with grief and depression. So, um, you know, although the stories are romantic, there's these serious elements that people, I feel like people are actually dealing with that I wanted to talk about in these stories. And they may not necessarily have happened to me, but they are there are people that I know that have dealt with these things and that have been close to me. And I kind of wanted to speak to it. And I know for a fact that it has touched quite a few of the readers um, because they have told me or they've written reviews stating that, you know, they felt like they could relate to the stories. Um, the second book, which is um, Three's a Charm, which was a lot, it was fun to write that book, even <laughs> it was, it's a lot of drama in that book. I caught up with my spicy book. <laughs> Cause I kind of get a little three shades of grayish in that one. And, and then, um, but not too bad. Um, the first one's more kind of vanilla when it comes to that. I mean, it's a true, like sweet love story. That first book. Um, I really just wanted them to, you know, go through the ups and downs of what it's like to be in a relationship with it, with, try to be in a relationship with someone. Um, where things just happen and kind of pulled them apart, but they still managed to end up together. Um, but this second book, 
that was a roller coaster. Um, even my editor was like, I was oh, so glad when you pulled it together because there was a lot going on in this book. <laughs> so, um, but that book is really spicy because it's, a, it's about a uh, middle-aged woman by the name of Monica Starro, who is a, uh, a, a sports attorney in Boston. Both of these books take place in Boston because I lived in Boston for quite a long time. I thought it was interesting. You know, another element to my books is that I like to write about my characters being, having, uh, you know, strong backgrounds, educated African-Americans or something that I think is, sometimes it could be challenging to find that in some of the books that are coming out that I see that are rom considered romance and not the genre for uh, urban romance. So I always try to write them with strong backgrounds, even though they're dealing with drama. Um, they've gone to HBCUs or they've, you know, they are prominent figures within their communities. Um, they're doing, they're activists, those kinds of things. So, uh, but yeah, so, but Monica Starro is a sports attorney in um, Boston and she's married to a surgeon by the name of Adam Starro and he is a hot mess. Um, <laughs> and she's dealing with infidelity in her relationship and she decides that, you know, she's tired of him going out on her and now she wants to, uh, she wants to flip the script on him and do the things that he was doing to her. And so now she gets herself in such a tizzy that she has to choose between three men. And so, um, but that was that was an interesting story, so I won't tell that one because it was. But it was fun to write. But it's 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 a lot going on in that one, and I think the stressor from writing my stories, I just um, sometimes I just like this one, that second one. I came up with that one as I was finishing up the first one. Like, just had this idea to write about a woman dealing with infidelity. And I, at the time, I had been watching a lot of uh, Married to Medicine <laughs> and a lot of reality TV. And so I was like, ooh, I might want to write something about that. And so, um, and so I did. And uh, the third book um, that I'm working on right now is about a chemist. And she is, uh, and her, her, and her ability to find love. And one of the things that I've been doing with these books is, they're not necessarily a trilogy or, you know, a series where the story continues, but these characters are interconnected with each other. So um, they're all their own standalone books. So if you read one out of order, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Even though it's a series, it doesn't matter. But all of the characters, the people that you see in the first book connects to the people in the second book who's connected to the third. And so um, I kind of just, sometimes stories come to me just by listening to a song. I listened to the Odie Goddess on the day that we, was, that we went to the, the Baltimore Book Festival. On the way down there, I think I told you this too that day. I was listening to the Odie Goddess channel on the way down there on Sirius SM and heard some song, I don't know about a Drifters or somebody. And I was like, oh, this would be a great story about a turn of the century, you know, not turn of the century, but um, well, a period piece about, you know, a, a black man 
coming out of the Vietnam War and how she had, uh, like, I'll have a whole idea for that. And sometimes it just comes to me like that. And um, I don't, I mean, my structure is to, I like to do the character development first and really sit down and build those characters out and think about how they look, what they, what they, their background is and where they went to school and all that stuff. So. Okay, good. So do you have like a, like a outline? Like, do you follow an outline or you're more of like a panster or kind of both? A little bit of both. Cause, um, cause sometimes I'll, I might write, I might write a, a, a story, write like, like the first few lines of a story. And then other times I'll go and get on my scrapple and I'll just do like the bubbles and like map out different things. And it just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, Cause it all comes piece. Sometimes it just pieces itself together. You know, I, I, either I'm longhand and writing out stuff and like bubbling out and what's going to happen here. What's going to, what's going to happen here. Let's start with chapter one. Let's think about, you know, the, the arc of what I want to happen in that. Each one of these chapters is basically a story within the story to me. So it's important for me to take people on a journey. Okay, so for people who who pick up your book, your romance novels, pick up your romance novels i've told him to go downstairs and it's okay <laughs> okay i'm all right <laughs> um so for people who pick up your romance novels and everything uh what is it that you're hoping that they get from your novels like what, what are they supposed to gain i hope that they 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 gain a sense of uh knowing and understanding that love is always there. Romance can always be found even in the midst of trying times, in the midst of trials and tribulations, because these people go through trials and tribulations in these stories. And you will you go on a romantic a roller coaster ride with them to find in their romance. And that is oftentimes true in real life. I want them to understand that my stories are relatable. I write about, you know, I don't write in a, in a bubble <laughs> as if, you know, life isn't happening around them. Like, I want them to connect to these characters, you know, possibly see themselves or someone else in these characters and know that, yeah, love is always possible. Love is, I can always find, I can find love. It's not too late, you know, and, um, yeah, that's it. Like, and that passion, passion is important. You know, um, whatever your passion is, it's important. And that love is important. And romance is important. We all want it. Like I, I myself in a marriage, I want to be feel love. I want to feel romance. I want to be, you know, catered to. And that there are men and women out there that are able to provide that and that's what these these characters see and that's what they feel and um if you read these stories they're going to take you on a journey to finding it through these characters yeah that's that's deep i mean especially right now with everything going on with 
the pandemic, the the riots for George Floyd and everything. Like I think right now, like people need to understand they do matter and they mm-hmm. deserve to be loved and they deserve to be understood and respected. Right. Um and how are you dealing with these times? Oh, I mean, I was okay, I think, until last week. Last week, it it took a lot out of me, like, emotionally. Um, like, I I used my, my Creative Calfaray platform as a way to, you know, constantly try to motivate people, like I said, motivate, aspire, inspire people every day through one quote or whatever I post on there. But it's always something centered centered toward being motivational and positive content being put out. And last week I just couldn't do it. I just didn't have it in me. Like I felt like I was like I was being um like I got robbed of my ability to put out something positive. And um that's a lot for me. Like it was heavy for me. Um, I found myself crying for no, like, for, like, uh, as I'm talking to you, I would be working and I just start crying. And I realized that I was grieving for people that I don't know. I'm grieving for a hundred thousand people that have lost their lives. That was here six months ago. That was possibly planning for their future, planning for the summer, planning, you know, for graduations and vacations and all that. And now they're gone gone and three people that i have no idea who they are and they are no longer in this world and i realized that those particular people could been could have been me any one of those people could have been me from COVID to uh ahmad to brianna and george that could have any one of those could have been me my family members my friends and it hit me like a ton of bricks um so right now i just like i'm trying to just right through it um i'm trying to stay connected to my family and friends oh (laughs) that's a cute face hi baby (laughs) um so yeah i'm just trying to stay connected to my friends and family i'm happy that we're doing this today because it's cathartic to be able to talk to be able to connect you know um i haven't literally i haven't been out of this house in the whole time that we've been here. I've only been to CVS and Dollar General. So <laughs> I don't want to catch anything, but it's just, it's been tough. It's been really tough. So how about you? Yeah, and it, I completely understand and I'm with you. Um, I definitely relate to what you said of, it's been hard putting out stuff that is motivating. So I've been trying to just share as I feel, mm-hmm. um, because I think people need to understand, like, you know, you're not alone in this, right. you're not the only one. Um, it is hard with the kids, moms are getting no rest. Um, and it's funny because you guys don't see us. I mean, when I put this out on the podcast, but we're doing this over Zoom and my little one just keeps getting right in the camera. <laughs> like who is this that you're talking to i want to be part of the conversation um so i i don't know i think at the beginning i was 
kind of numb because yeah. it's like you don't know like should I be overreacting am I not reacting fast enough is it real is it not right. real are are people just going crazy right. uh, are are we gonna really run out of stuff so right. it's like you just didn't know right and then I was like you know excuse my friends but I was like holy shit yep this is really this real, is real. Right. right and then when my mom got it I think that's oh, when wow. it hit me the hardest because I couldn't see her Mm-hmm. Um, granted she didn't like end up in the hospital but she has asthma and it mm-hmm. got really scary like she was coughing up blood oh wow and um, she had lost her sense of taste and she couldn't retain anything she had really bad diarrhea for like I mean it, it got scary wow. so and um, I knew it got bad when my brother called 911 you know mm-hmm, for her mm-hmm. to be taken in and they wouldn't take her in because um they said well she could still walk even though she's having a hard time breathing and everything and it's it's almost like you had to be at your last breath right for them to take you in and you know like that was tough you know right. and i have to do everything from my side of calling facetime or seeing what she needs delivered or and couldn't really go over there. Um, she's back to normal now, thank God. But thank it took God. her 30 days to fight wow. it off. It was a whole month of, it was just like a roller coaster. Roller coaster. She felt better than, than the next day or that night. It was like, I mean, all the way down. And she thought she was doing better and then something else hit her. And it was just, I mean, yeah. Oh my God. So oh my I was God. like, you know, it's crazy. And and then it's also like when you go to the supermarket, I feel like I don't know if anybody goes through that, but it's like that conversation that you have in your head, mm-hmm. which is like, we look like we're escaping a lab experiment. Like, yeah. I never thought that this is what shopping would look like. And then you go through the whole anxiety, like, I better hurry up before somebody right. catch something or, right. you know. And it's just this constant state of fear. Yep, yep. And yep. that makes you, you know. Anxious. Uh, yeah, yeah, anxious. And it's like all this bottled up emotions like you almost don't really know how to make sense out of it right right and and the kids don't understand you know they want to go outside and they want to play with their friends and it's like it's not that you can't play with your friends but we just don't know and you know right right and now it's like you know things are about to start opening and that anxiety is there again because yes. it's like yes so what you know, is the, the unknown it's the unknown because is it gonna spike again in a right. couple of weeks like what's gonna happen and right. i'm taking it seriously but the person across from me may not even may not be taking it seriously don't don't want to wear a mask you know and then we got to worry about people losing it on you because you asked him to please wear a mask you know yeah because all these people out here were protesting about wearing a mask and it's like look like i i 
I understand you want to be able to have the choice, but these people didn't have a choice. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we've lost how many lives? Like, right. And right. now we're having these riots. People are rioting um, because of George Floyd. And granted, you should. Like, it was messed up what happened. But now it's also the whole anxiety of it's a lot of people together. Yep. We still have this pandemic going on. We still don't really know, you know. Yep. And and people are putting stuff up on fire. They're burning buildings. They're, and it's like, remember, most of us are unemployed right now. Like, there's not a whole lot of income. Like, right. I, I, like it's just so much. It's just so much going on that mm-hmm. I was like, all I could say when people ask me is, I'm just tired. I'm emotionally drained. Drained. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like, you can't... I just don't know... I, I was telling my friend just before this call, I said, you know, I can't sit idle anymore. Like, I have to figure out a way to help. And I know that the writing, I understand the, the people being upset and want to act out, but we have to channel that energy into mobile, you know, Killer Mike made a, he, he's, he, he made a very good point in his, on the press conference he did on Friday, when he said we need to plot, plan, uh, strategize, organize, and mobilize. and that stuck with me. And that is something that I am going to start holding true to. I'm just going to start connecting with people who are like-minded so that I can start instilling change in this world because I don't have to be a politician, but I can support a politician that speaks to the needs of my community and what I want to see happen in my community. You know, I may not be the one that's organizing a fundraiser or have an organization, but I can support those who are out here on the front lines doing the things that they need to do. I need to work with people who are about that life and not about the, the you know, the lip service because we had too much, you know, too much lip service and not enough action. And now we need to start acting. We need to be in our communities doing the work. You know, I can't sit and wait for someone to do it for me. I got to do it for myself. And so, you know, I'm happy that we have, you know, people like you and I that are actually putting out positive content. Like your your posts motivate and inspire me. You know, I think we start working together and doing more things like that we can start making a change because um it's just getting crazy out here we have little ones you know we have little ones and i think it's your post that you posted about the young man that was 46 40 31 and uh 16 and that hit me that hit me hard because i'm sitting here looking at my husband is 38 in there and my son is what six you know, we have a whole generation that's coming up that, you know, we have to show them and teach them the fight about the fight, the importance of this fight, 
that it never ends because we're all dealing with this shit, excuse me, this stuff every day, you know, um, but. That's okay. Yeah. We'll put explicit content. It's all, we mad y'all. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, I feel like there's a gap between that, that, that age, that gap, that generation after the baby boomers, they forgot that there was you know, a fight that was being fought that they now had the torch passed to them and that there was, you know, there was a need for them to continue that fight because so many of them right now are saying that, you know, there's no one speaking to the black community. There's no one speaking to us, you know, and all that. And that's not true. It's just not true. No, I mean, there's a lot going on. And I mean, I will say as a life coach, it is very hard to have any kind of conversation when both sides are mad. Right. Nothing gets across. No one is listening. Everyone is fighting to be heard. Right. And it's like, we just got to, like the guy said, we have to find a better way. Right. We have been doing this for years. Right. And it's not getting anywhere. And it's not to say that it's all like, our fault or their fault or or whoever no i wasn't saying that either i just feel like uh there's a there's a gap there there's a gap and we have to be we have to fill in that gap yeah it's it's time it's like what is feuding all this hate like what are like i just want to have a conversation with like these people like who's doing the hiring what are you not looking for why why is it why does it need to get to this point like right there's so many things like it's like do we need new training like like let's let's talk about solutions right like that it that the solution like it doesn't involve sacrificing more innocent people right like i'm all with writing but can we do it in a way that it's not costing you know another person's life right person's you know because it's like it's not just big companies that are being looted or or burned mm-hmm. up it's mm-hmm. local business owners mm-hmm. like and they're hurting right now too you know right. black enterprises right right like i have family who are also cops and we just found out my brother-in-law his his car was set up on fire oh, he got, no. you know burnt tips and stuff and it's like you know like and he's a black man mm-hmm. in a uniform you know what i'm saying he's he has to be he has to be double careful because he's a black right. man and he's in uniform right it's just so, like it's it's really hard right now to mm-hmm. to come to any consensus and you know when you're doing everything when you're mad and upset like we're just doing like at this point we're just like i'm just tired i'm trying to get back at them that's at the point right. where we're at right right and and until we don't get past that like i don't think we're going to try to come up with anything the sad part is that we're doing all of this and the people who started all of this and continue to do this stuff are sitting at home, safe, laughing that yep. these things are going on. Right. Or and then also, holding them accountable. That's right. the messed up part. Right. 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 So I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. 
I just keep trying to post out there like, look, like I'm a mother. Like yeah. I can only imagine, you know, what it's like to lose someone, but I, that's not something that I would like to feel as right. a mother. Right. Like I, I can't imagine what it's like to put down your own son over something so dumb like this. Right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like so I mean that's 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 my thing. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't like, what's the hang up? Why can't we get over this? Like, I don't know. And I don't, don't want to think that all cops are bad. Like they're not, you know? Right. But I can't help but feel that every time somebody who's a cop comes around, I fear for my husband. I mm-hmm. fear for my children. I like, fear for myself. Right. You know, I fear for myself. If I'm driving down the road and there's a police officer behind me, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Because I don't know what's going to happen if I get pulled over. Is he going to be a jerk toward me? Or is he going to treat me like I'm a civilized person? You know, and actually do a proper traffic stop? Or is it going to turn into me losing my life? You know, that's something that, I mean, I have to live with that every day. Like, I'm scared to go outside, not just for COVID, but I'm scared for my life. I'm scared every time my husband goes outside these walls because I just don't know. And we live in an area where it could be a little touchy here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, and I mean, we're living in a constant state of fear, and that's that's a terrible way to live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a terrible way to live, and I, I hope that we find something some type of solution right you know? um and i hope we find it soon right. um, i'm not sure how i can even like get involved with it but i'm definitely looking for ways like do like do we need to send letters like are we gonna have press conferences like county like that's what i'm interested in mm-hmm. um because the way I fight, obviously the way all of us, we, we have to fight the way that we're the strongest. Right. I can write all day. That's you what know? I said. That's exactly what I said. Being in a riot, I'd be like, all right, yeah. now, look. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody get mad. Nobody starting off because I'm out, you know. Yep. yep. I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not my way, you know. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm more like, okay let's strategize let's come up with a plan like mm-hmm. what kind of laws can we you know put in place that's going to be effective that's for us that you know those kinds of things like that's what i want to do you know start working on grassroots with you know you know making sure like making sure that there's things like opportunities in place for financial assistance for small businesses and minority businesses that was one of the areas i worked with um and my previous role was in supplier diversity um where i worked with diverse businesses minority and diverse businesses veteran-owned women-owned businesses and trying to get them procurement opportunities with our organization you know that's what i want to do i want to make sure that you know if i'm doing something that is going to be helpful to maybe that community or you know housing you know getting people opportunities to get a house to buy a house you know that's something that's part of building our financial wealth 
as a people and bridging that wealth gap that that we talk that's you know we talk about all the time you know that's only getting larger between us and you know our white counterparts we got to bridge that um so yeah there's a lot of things that needs to be reformed and changed i just want to be a part of it i just can't i can't do this i got a son (laughs) that's going to be living in this after i'm gone and I need to do my my part to make this place better, however way that I can. I know it's not going to be great, but you know whatever I can do, I need to start making it happen and stop being part of that. You know that mouthpiece. Oh, I'm gonna do something. I gotta start doing the work. Just be quiet and start working. <laughs> right, changing it one one piece at a time. And you are, you know, even with your stories, like everyone can do their part in the ways that they feel most comfortable with Mm -hmm. you know um and hopefully we can we can get somewhere soon right Right. um have you been affected any other way by this whole covid pandemic um no, well, I thank God that I, you know, I still have a job. Um, I recently had gone back to work at the end of last year. So I'm just thankful that I still have a job um, throughout all this. Um, other than the fact that I can't see my family back home in North Carolina, uh, we did have someone that uh, in our family that died because of it. Um, but other than that, I just try to use the Zoom to stay connected to them. Um, that's difficult because, you know, and you know, I'm kind of close to my family and I just I can't go home as often as I would like to be able to 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 love on them and 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 be around them because it's just not safe. And my parents, they both have had issues with their heart you know, cardiology type issues. And I'm like, no, you two need to sit down. So um, I just try to talk to them as often as I can. That's the only other thing, you know, and the homeschooling thing has been difficult. I mean, that has been driving me up the wall. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. I'm with you on that one, yes. I'm just like, I can't do it though, no boy. Like I, I really have, I really feel for the teachers on a daily basis that have to deal with kids because not that they're difficult, but they just have little personalities that there's a lot to deal with. <laughs> and when you're trying to work full time and do homeschooling too, because a lot of times I'm actually working on, and on conference calls and he's sitting right next to me and we're working on his schoolwork and it's been challenging like to the point where I'm just like I just want to go and crawl under the table and cry some days because I I'm can you please just buckle down just go on do the work I don't want to do it mom so um but that's the only other thing just that that whole dynamic and um getting used to not I'm a a, a very social person um my Myers Briggs is on my E E S F um J. Uh extrovert, sensing, feeling, judgmental type or judgy person. And so I really like to be around people. And um even though if I had to work from home a couple days out of the week, 
going to the office is where I feel most effective and I, I thrive in that setting because I can connect with my coworkers. The not having that on a daily basis has been, it was hard in the beginning. And uh, so to deal with that, my, my manager and I have been doing video conference calls every day and that's been so helpful. Um, and it's allowed me to maintain that, that, that social aspect that I need and to see her laugh or hear her laugh and us do our work and stuff and actually talk like that has been helpful for me. So, um, but other than that, that school, I think it's probably the area that I've had, I've struggled the most is with that homeschooling thing. <laughs> and it's yeah. completely normal, look, it's completely normal and it's yeah. okay. I mean, I think many of us are struggling in that area. Yeah. Um, and it's good that you're able to still keep connection with family. And yeah. Have you been writing at all? Oh, God, yeah. Um, actually, um, I got to purchase a new book called How to Write Poetry. Not that I don't know how to write poetry, but I like this book because it has like these different prompts to like challenge me, like to write about, you know, to think about imagery and how you're um, structuring, how you're writing. And I like it because it's been a long time since I did something like that. And it's helpful for me to do, use something, a tool like that, because I'm trying to develop my storytelling a lot, you know, more. And uh, last week, I, I try to take at least 15 minutes, because one thing I will say about this COVID thing, it has me working longer hours during the week. <laughs> And um, so when I used to work eight hours, I literally eight hours out of the day, I'm working 12 or more. And that's a lot. And so, um, but I've been forcing myself to at least write 15 minutes a day. And then, you know, trying to get some, cause I had a creative block for a minute. And so uh, I've been trying to at least get some of uh, some new ideas out for this, this, this book that I'm working on right now. Cause I planned on being finished by now but it's just not happening and so I'm just doing that and trying to read a little bit um um I there's a one lady that I followed as a writer that uh she said she put up a post a couple of days ago that kind of that was I'm paraphrasing to the fact that if you're a writer you should never say that you don't read you should read wide and read often and uh, um, even if it's for 15 minutes or something like that, you should be reading. And I was like, you know, she's right. I should be reading. And I have all these books <laughs> in my room and I'm like, and I keep telling her, oh, you don't have time. You, you, you know, you've been working all day. And so every day I've been trying to, before I go to bed, I try to read at least 15 minutes. And, um, I'm reading a book by Margaret Walker called Jubilee right now. And so, um, which has been helpful because it's allowed me to, you know, get those creative juices going because I'm reading it with an author, I mean, with a writer's eye, where I didn't used to read it like that before, where you would read just as a reader enjoying the story, but I'm reading it, looking at it, thinking, ooh, this is, I really like the storytelling here. How can I incorporate that kind of structure or the way, that way of writing into my writing? you know, not necessarily write like that, but just storytell like that. 
because I want to be a great storyteller. I want people to really connect with the, my story. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. How about you? And that's why you'll be successful, Sharmara. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like, you know, I want to be a very good storyteller and having people really relate to your stories and really embrace your stories. And I think that's what makes you a really good writer, um, a really good person overall. Thank you. You're welcome. So hopefully people can do that as well. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, plug yourself in so people yeah. know where they can find you and where they can find your stories. Um, they can find me. And I also want to say another thing. Um, in my stories, I also incorporate uh, since we were talking about small businesses and, and things like that, if I always try to, I've connected with a number of uh, really great black businesses, owned businesses, especially women owned black businesses on Instagram. And um, a lot of times <laughs> people, when they read my stories, um, if I mention a certain product or something in the story, they're actually real people. So there's, a couple businesses that I talk about in this third book, um, there are ladies that I've connected with on Instagram that um, a candle maker, uh, no, she does soaps and like really luxe soaps and things like that, deja vu skincare, and then also another lady who does these really great candles. Um, her name, hers is Just 614, and they're both out of Boston, and they're both, um, um, the 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 soap maker the lady that does like the soaps and things like that skincare line she uh, she started her business as a family owned business and then the other lady she did it as a tribute to her daughter so I always try to connect to businesses that I support and write about them and incorporate writing them into my books and um, but people can find me. Um, at my website, www.creativecalfrey.com. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Pinterest, um, Instagram, um, where am I? Instagram, Twitter, at Creative Cafe. I'm not on Facebook because uh, I just I don't do Facebook. I just can't get with Facebook right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, they can find my books on Amazon. Um, and Kindle. I'm, that's the only place I have them right now. I know I need to branch out, but uh, it was just, you know, it's kind of a feat to go, you know, go wide with, with these books. So I just have them here on Amazon right now, but they are, um, I have it in Kindle and paperback right now. So, but yeah, I always try to support Black-owned businesses. Even when I do my events, I uh, try to connect with there's a, a great photographer that I had at my book launch by Chan is Chan Photography. And um, so I always try to shout them out and, you know, support in any way I can. And um, I also wanted to tell you, congratulations on the, the Latinx project. That's pretty dope. So thank you. Yeah, that's dope. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be, you know, I try to support everybody that I connect with. So. Yeah, I know it was, and it was dope meeting you at the Baltimore Book Festival. 
it was crazy how we met because you just mm-hmm. happened to be you know the table right next to me mm-hmm. and I just remember it was cold as hell that night oh, oh god, god yes <laughs> <laughs> we were out there like a long time we were, yeah. we were really out there a long time but I was so so impressed by you impressed by your work and uh I, I felt um truly blessed and um honored to meet you that day because I know that your message and your work speaks volumes and um I know that people when they read your stuff they will be touched by your work and so even with you telling me about how and why you wrote your your books it just it resonated with me and so um I wish you well as well and um anything that I can do to support your efforts and what you're doing, just let me know. Cause I'm here for you, sis. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and I am, you know, I believe in your work as, you know, the life coaching, we need more people like you, especially people, women of color that are um, supporting, you know, the community with those efforts because, you know, we need more faces so that we know that we're out there. And so for you to be, to, to give of yourself and your, your, you know, yourself at, in that way is, is, is truly, uh, um, I truly, uh, thank you for that because, um, we need it. We need uh, it. Thank you. And you too. Keep putting love out here because we need mm-hmm. love girl. Especially <laughs> and I know you're going to go far, you know, you're, you're taking your writing, very seriously you know you have a you have a passion you have a mission um and you're putting out here so much positivity so it was it was an honor and will continue to be an honor knowing you because you know this ain't the end y'all nope 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 by now but you know that's right i'm pretty sure we're gonna see more of each other down the line right and definitely working together because you know Mm -hmm. like mine's like mine's put on magic. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, Shamira. Uh, you know, my little one is working my last. <laughs> I've been able to try to maneuver this. <laughs> See, this is this is this is another thing that you should be able to put on your resume, you know, when you come yes. back out here in the workforce of how you've been able to <laughs> deal with all of this right 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 and every look because this is is a mess (laughs) so thank you and i hope that you are safe out there um with everything going on likewise likewise your family and everything because it's 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 hard right now right right friends to your family and your mom keep her lifted up in prayer because um, I know that one of the things that they're not talking about with this thing is the uh, the residuals, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how people are still dealing with this stuff after they've gotten over it, you know, it, people are still dealing with the, the remnants and the effects of it. So I will keep her uplifted in prayer and you're for you as well, um, because we need prayer. We yes. Need prayer, you know? So thank you, everyone. That is all for today and catch you all next time. And remember to send me um, send me the information so I put everything in the show notes. 
of your books and and okay. the wonderful resource that you gave us okay. uh, for yep. self-publishing. Okay, I will definitely will do that. So thank you guys. I'm Ciao. Right. that was a wrap for today thank you so much for listening to i mean can we discuss don't forget to subscribe follow us if you want to see what we're up to what projects we're up to and enjoy the rest of your day night wherever you might be i was your host asher ferguson signing off